All right, welcome to the Remarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host, and I want to tell you a little bit about our structure, right? So our content, our content is about marketing, tech, and business leadership, and we are for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. Our two purposes, one, Lillian, our purpose is to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. Purpose number two, to educate and inform our audience and our listeners. All right. So, uh, Lillian, I'm excited to have you here. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Your so, yes. So, thank you for having me. My name is Lillian Chuckweezy. Um, so, I'm a real estate agent here in Pennsylvania, specializing really in Philadelphia, but, you know, I work all over uh, Pennsylvania. And I have been an agent for a year and a couple months, but I actually started out wholesaling for my first two years. Um, and now I have, now that I've been an agent for quite some time, things have definitely picked up on the agent side and I'm really excited. I'm thankful to have to be on here with you, Jerome. And uh, my business is pretty simple right now, you know, just being an agent, dealing with buyers and sellers, helping people get investment properties. And it's just a great time right now. All right. So, Lillian, you have like a we have like kind of like similar niches or similar backgrounds and you come from the investing space and you have a lot of experience with wholesale, but you're also an agent. So could you tell us what like typically not a lot of people understand what wholesaling is? So could you break that down and tell us about wholesaling? please? So a lot of people confuse um, flipping houses with wholesaling. So. Flip, uh, wholesaling is basically flipping contracts instead. So you are getting a property under contract as if you are the buyer purchasing a house and you are simply assigning your rights to that contract to an investor who will actually do the work and flip that house. So it's pretty simple. Um, you're acting as an investor and you are an investor because the point of doing that is to gain enough capital and to flip your own houses. And you are partnering with the investors when you when you do that. So in a sense, it's on the, on the investment side because you're providing value to the um, investors and you are partnering with them, um, either having them fund your deals or whatever the case may be. There's a couple of different ways to work it, but it basically is flipping contracts. That's the easiest way to kind of put it. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a, let me ask you this question, right? So because you're an agent, because you're a, also a wholesaler, right? You just mentioned something that's most people confuse. And that's like one of the questions that I typically ask people. So I want to ask you that question, right? And what is a common myth about what it is that you do in your business as an agent and a wholesaler? Okay. So me, I've changed my business a little bit. So previously when I was just wholesaling, before I became an agent, I was um, marketing to distressed homeowners. So I would market to the, these distressed homeowners looking, looking to possibly sell, get that under contract and, and then flip it. Now, as an agent, I've kind of shifted my model to where wholesalers bring me deals as if I'm the investor, because there are deals that I am looking to invest in myself, but they bring me the deals. And I have retail buyers and my cash buyers looking at these deals. And I basically just bring a buyer. So I'm kind of like a disposition uh, partner to these wholesalers. So that's kind of what I do now. I don't necessarily, the difference is I don't get the contract directly. I don't go directly under contract with the seller anymore. Typically there are, there are some cases where I still do, but for the most part, instead of me trying to wholesale, these wholesalers bring me the deals and I bring the buyers. So I'm kind of like the middleman to the middleman. <laughs> and Got then of you. course I still work, I still work my regular, you know, helping buyers and sellers on the retail side. 
That that makes a lot of sense. So I want to ask you, what's the biggest challenge you're facing in your business and your career right now? And what are you doing to tackle that challenge? So um, one of the biggest challenges is that um, I came from such a heavy um, place of working with sellers. As a wholesaler, you work with sellers strictly. Now, as an agent, like like my when, when you're a wholesaler your buyers get what they get right like it's not like you really go shopping for your buyers I mean some people do but like they get what they get whatever comes on a deal you get they get whereas though now I'm on the retail side and I'm dealing with a ton of buyers you know it's a super hot sellers market so you know there's le- least or less sellers than there are buyers so I'm dealing with a lot of buyers in my retail business and I'm trying to figure out how to manage helping them and still not driving myself crazy because dealing with buyers on the retail side is very different. You have to actually go shopping with them. So now, instead of me just pushing out deals when I get them and then my buyers picking and choosing what deals they want, now I have to like physically go out and show, um, go shopping with my buyers. And it's a very different dynamic. Um, Again, because a retail buyer is very different from an investor. An investor is very, um, how do I say? A retail buyer is very emotional because they're probably going to live in the property or maybe it's their first property where an investor is very like number focused like okay do the numbers work let's move you know this might be their 10th property or their 15th property so it's very different and so the biggest struggle that i'm having right now is really just managing my time because i've never dealt with retail buyers on on, you know on this side of the business and it's just it's very different so yeah now that i went from being so seller focused to now being buyer focused i'm trying to kind of figure out my way through that so that's my biggest challenge what are what are you what are you doing like specifically to kind of tackle that problem? Are you like telling people no? Or are you like not taking calls? What's the process like? So um, I'm picking and choosing who to work with. So okay. I refer out a lot of my business. I refer out most of my buyers, honestly. Oh, really? And I'm getting to the point where I'm going to be referring probably like 100% of my buyers out and just dealing with sellers just because. I'm just better with sellers. You can leverage your time better with sellers. And I mean, that's what everybody goes for. You know, listings are leverage and it's true. So that's the change that I've made in my business. Um, And there are some things that do come with referring out as far as like, you know, still making sure that the client is being taken care of and making sure like it's still a team effort. Um, So that's kind of what I've decided right now that I'm going to do. And then any deals that I take on myself as for a buyer, because I can't refer everything out because I still have to get make money. Um, I utilize a showing agent sometimes, depending on, you know, how serious the buyer is. Because the one thing that you run into if you're using a showing agent and you're paying them per property, you might end up seeing like 20 houses in a week, you know, and then you're paying all this money out up front before you close a deal. And, you know, you just got to be cognizant of that. So um, that's the shift I've made. And so far it's getting me by and, you know, we'll see how things continue to grow. Thank you. So I want to ask you, like, the question that we usually ask is, like, what's the most important lesson you learned over your career? But I want to be even more specific, not your entire career. I want to ask you about, like, the situation that you explained, like, dealing with buyers, dealing with sellers. Like, what's the most important lesson you've learned, like, switching over from buyers and sellers and, you know, wholesaling to agent? So the most important lesson that I've learned. So it's kind of like a a two-part answer to that. Mm -hmm. The first most important lesson I've learned is figure out who, not how. And I know this, but it's different when you start to apply it, right? Like I get it. Like I know I have to think of who, and you always tell me to tap into my people resources. And it's, it's a skill. It's, it's, it's like a a muscle that I have to continue to flex. 
um, because I'm just used to trying to solve problems on my own. And so like, as soon as I have a problem, I'm like, okay, how can I solve it? But you really gotta think who can help you solve it, solve it you know, instead of how you can do everything because you can't do everything. And that's the fastest way to fail in business is trying to do everything yourself, right? So, um, and then to go along with that, I've realized that the reason why I'm having this, it's kind of like I'm having success, but it's, it's a good problem to have that I'm dealing with so many people. So the second, the second part of that question is, um, cause marketing is, you have to be consistent in marketing. That's like the second most important lesson because I realized that my business is to this point because I've been the most consistent with social media marketing. Whereas though all my other forms of marketing, they worked, but they only worked to some point because I stopped after a while. Like I was doing cold calling, right? I was doing text message marketing. I was doing RVMs. I was doing banner signs. I did mailers. Like I did everything for a period of time, six months, eight months, whatever the case is. And then I stopped. But social media marketing has been like posting on social media has been the most consistent, which is why I'm seeing the most amount of growth. And that's, you know, that's, yeah, those are the two most important lessons that I've learned that I got to continue to implement. I like to hear that because, you know, I'm big on marketing. It's like, oh, people would jump in and they do marketing or whatever. And they like, it doesn't work. And it's like, well, yeah. is that true? Is you sure about that? Because everything works. You just got to make sure you're consistent. So I'm happy right. to hear that answer from you. And I also, you know, like I admire your success and what you're doing because you're consistent. Most people are not consistent. And that's what the problem is. You got to be consistent. So I appreciate that answer from you. You know, it's, you know, the name of our podcast, Remarketing, Real Estate Marketing. Yeah. Like you got to keep marketing. It's not something that you do one time. So uh, next question yeah. I have for you, from your perspective, what is the most important personality strength that someone needs personality strength, personality trait or strength that someone needs to do what you do? I think it's resilience. Um, resilience. And that just goes to being able to weather the storm because like you just, I mean, it's just like anything in life. It's cliche, but you've got to be able to stick it out. That's the only way you're going to see the success on the other side. Like you're going to have to go through the dirt and the mud in order to get to that success. And it just, it is what it is. There's nothing in life that like, you can't, even if you have a mentor, you, you still, there's certain steps you still can't skip. A mentor will help you it, um, expedite the process, but you still will get, you know, as Gary Vee says, punched in the face. Like you're still going to go through a lot. <laughs> you're still going to go through a lot. And if you can get through that rough patch, like I'm in a rough patch right now with my business. I have growing pains, like serious growing pains. And I just know if I can get through that rough patch on the other side, it's going to be so much success and I'm already seeing it. I just got to actually get through it. You know what I'm saying? So I would think resilience would be the number one trait um, that you need to succeed in anything. Got you. I appreciate that. And so Lillian, you do, uh, you do a lot, you know, we got our beef about TikTok versus the other <laughs> stuff, right? You know, we got our little friendly beef. Uh, you, yeah. you post a lot of content. So my question to you is like, how, how do you get that work done? Right. And what time do you get it done? Like what's that process? Actually just talk about the process of how you get stuff done. So it's bashing. Like we were talking about on the, um, on the presentation the other night, it, I have to batch. If I don't batch, like I will go crazy. Meaning that I'm going to sit down and in one period of time, whether it's an hour or two hours, I'm going to create as many videos as I possibly can. And those leak and then leak those videos out throughout the week. So like, um, for example, the other day I sat down and like an hour, 15 minutes, I created eight TikTok videos. Right. And if I'm posting once a day, then I have my content for the whole week. Right. Um, same thing with my YouTube videos. I sit down on 
Friday, Friday morning or Saturday morning and I'll record four videos and I'll post um, one to two videos a week on my YouTube channel. So like I have to sit down and create that content all that content all in one sitting because if you try to do it every single day you'll drive yourself crazy and even before then it's a process right because i gotta think before then when i do it for my youtube videos you have to take the time to create come up with the topic and the script right so whether it's word for word or, or notes whatever the case is you have to still have to take that time to sit down and prepare so there's a preparation piece that comes into all content sometimes with tiktok and instagram sometimes it just comes like that and that's cool but a lot of times you still have to think about what you're actually going to put out before you put it out. So there's a preparation piece and then there's the actual creating piece. So, um, yeah, for the most part, I sit down, I batch my content and, um, that's just the way to go because if you try to create it every day, you will drive yourself crazy and you won't even like be able to focus. Like you want to be able to go throughout your day knowing that, okay, my content's already like created or it's already set to like post at whatever time, you know what I mean? Or you already know that you're going to post it at a certain time. So, that's how I do it. I agree. I'm big on batching because I, I would, like you said, I would go crazy. That's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. People are like, oh my God, you're around every day and it's not like, look, no, actually I just do a bunch in one day, usually Tuesday. Mm -hmm. This is my day, right? I'm getting a lot done. Then I just roll it out. You schedule it. You get out as much as you can done in one setting and then you go from there. So next question we have for you, Lillian, is, let's see. <laughs> Other than the occupation you're in, right? Your business, what you're doing, real estate, real estate wholesaling. What's another occupation that you would like to try? You know, I like this question because it makes me think about what I would actually do. Now, previously, I was a professional basketball player. So that was like the occupation I really, really wanted to try, right? But then I achieved that. <laughs> should no, should no I post the video be. for him? <laughs> <laughs> all right i still want to rematch but anyway um so an occupation i would actually like to try is like modeling because and this is the reason why i would try that is because that would get me out of my comfort zone um I, you know you know the transition that i've had over this past year of just like taking my image seriously and just you know changing certain things within myself and i feel like modeling would really take me out of the box and force me to be uncomfortable because it's still weird like even though I post a lot it's still weird to like see myself as much as I see myself um so I feel like that will help me grow in like a mental capacity and I think that would just teach me more about you know dressing and everything like that and it's actually yeah. really fun to me like I actually really enjoy getting dressed up you know I just gotta have somewhere to go <laughs> most most women do and I think that's a really good um uh, like career or even just hobby like I would consider like modeling because I, I really do think it would like help with a lot of females like with their feminine grace so that's that's yeah. that's and confidence I'm gonna hold on to that yeah absolutely absolutely that yeah. is that's a good one I, I'm gonna remember yeah. that because you're gonna I'm yeah. gonna look. I kind of I kind of do it myself a little bit like like when I take my picture all the pictures you see on my Instagram are all taken by me and it's I'm not modeling but like you know I'm doing certain things I'm trying to look good or whatever the case is like I'm putting effort into those pictures when I take those pictures. So, and you, know, and you can tell there's a yeah, difference. Like, People always, oh, yeah. you, you just this, you just that. I'm very big on image. And you can tell when somebody tries versus when they don't try. And not, not, not a right. lot of people are going to say something, but I will. And you can tell the difference when you try and when you don't. And, the, you know, right. your current pictures and where you put effort, they are really good compared to the other ones. So keep up uh, the good okay, work. Yeah, okay, modeling. Thank you. Modeling, <laughs> modeling, that is really good. I'm going to say, because it could probably bring like 
just like this is a different subject. Uh, like women, like it could really help you with like that feminine grace. That's that's mm-hmm. such a that's really a good suggestion. So I'm going to start yeah. suggesting that or thinking about that. Like maybe some classes and stuff that people can take. So yeah, we, we went we we with that question, we headed down a personal route. So that's a, a perfect transition into the personal questions that I have for you. So I got three personal questions for you. And the first one is what is your biggest failure and what have you learned from that experience? Okay. So um, to me, I really take failures like I really do take them as lessons so nothing really failed to me but I will say that um one of the biggest um lessons that I took was when I was um doing network marketing I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody has almost done has has done try to MLM or I got some Herbalife for you there you go they I did Herbalife <laughs> too but you know what the good thing about it is that I've been successful in pretty much every MLM I, I've gotten I've made money that's my term of success. But um, what I realized is that you can't force someone to do the work that they need to do, right? And that really, that really like, um, it did something to my brain because, you know, when you're doing network marketing, you have to bring on a team, right? And so I would be like, oh, okay, like, I'm really good at this. That means my team is automatically going to be really good at this. And that's not the case. Like, you, you are different from everybody else, right? So you kind of have to be willing to um, doing something yourself versus teaching it are two different things, right? Like everybody who, who practices something can't always teach it. And so I really learned about um, building a team. There's so many lessons that I've learned. But in general, just like trying to force people to do something that they don't want to do, like that really like got into my head and that, that translated with like basketball and everything else like I've done in life. It's like, you can motivate yourself. Can you motivate other people? And then also with motivating other people, will they actually apply it? You know what I mean? So now that I'm like a real estate agent in the whole team aspect, I mean, I've been told I need to build a team, this, that, and third. And um, there's reasons as to why I haven't gone that far yet. But understanding that you can't force somebody to do something that they don't want to do is big for me because now I just move different. Like, I know I can do certain things. But now when you're bringing somebody on, even to do certain things, like when I had a cold caller when I was wholesaling, like you have to understand and be okay that, they might be a percentage as a percentage as good as you are, right? Like it's, it's going to be, they're not going to be as good as you are. And it goes back to the who, not how thing, like be okay with the who, maybe not being as good as you are, but at the same time, you're able to delegate and get more time back to yourself. So that was like a long way to answer, but it all comes back to just like, you can't, you can't force something down somebody's like, you can't force them to do something. Right. So you got to find other ways to basically find a, a common, um, Find common ter- territory between the two to basically kind of get what you want. Get what they want, but also get what you want as well. You know what I'm saying? Does that yeah, make sense? That was kind of a little that, bit of a rant. That does make sense. And it, it was it was long, but it was it was healthy. It was a good answer. So I appreciate that. Our, our next question for you is, uh, how would your parents describe you? Okay, so my parents would... <laughs> my parents, being an entrepreneur, I've done so many different things, right? But one thing that my parents would definitely describe me as it's kind of like what I was saying before about being resilient. Like I've never stopped in like everything that I've done. Like I've pushed as, as hard as I could, you know what I'm saying? And being an agent now, like they see like the growth, like it's like every, you don't realize like everything you do is leading up to whatever, like 
you know, that you're going to be or whatever you're trying to do. Like all the steps that I took, all the different businesses that I've done before, like it led me to this path of being an agent. And that's why I'm seeing so much growth because I've learned all these lessons in the past. So I think my parents would really describe me as resilient because they've seen my growth and they're like, man, like, you know, when she finally does stick with something, that thing is going to explode, you know? And like, here I am, I'm in my, you know, this is my first full year of being an agent. And like, I've just seen so much success, like that I know that is compiling and compiling these seeds have been planted and that, you know, they're going to sprout. Um, so I, I, I would say that's how my parents would describe me. Okay. Nice. Now, next question that we have for you is what's a funny story that your family tells about you that you like, that you would like to share? <laughs> so one day when I was, I don't know how old I was, probably like seven, seven or eight. One day I stayed home from school and I was jumping on the couch and um, I, I stayed home because I was like sick or whatever, kind of not really, but I stayed home and I was jumping on the couch. Next thing you know, I fell and my knee went back and hit my, my mouth and knocked two of my teeth out, right? This is when I was a kid. So, um, but thankfully they weren't my adult teeth. So they knocked them out. But I tell this, I like this story because <laughs> when I think of how I was able to even get to that point, it's because I was able to stay home. And I was such a good student growing up that like whenever I wanted to stay home, my parents would let me stay home. It wasn't often, but because I was always so on top of, they just instilled this. I mean, being Nigerian, you know, they instilled that you have to, you have to get your stuff done, right? You have to, there's, like, there's nothing like failure. You have to succeed, right? And some people take that in whatever way they want to take it, whether it's people being hard on them, whatever it is, but I was able, I was such a good student. I always was on top of my work. Even when I did have a sick day, I didn't even really, like when I got to college, I didn't even like missing class because I knew I had to make it up, make up the work at some point in time. So I hated missing class anyway, but I was such a good student that my parents always allowed me to stay home whenever I wanted to. And the only reason why I was able to do that is because I handled my work in the classroom all the time. Like all the time, no matter how, like even when I was an athlete in college, I was working and being a basketball player and going to school. And I still got all of my stuff done. I was always at least like an A plus, an a, an a minus B plus student, like always. And I just take pride in like stuff like that because it's not the grade itself; it's the work ethic. Would you would you say that work Would you say that work ethic transferred over to what you do in your business, or what What are some of the things that transferred yeah. over from your yeah. past? Yeah. So it's the work ethic and it's the mentality. Because again, it's not the grades itself; it's it's the stuff that you put in behind the grades, right? But it's the stuff that you put in behind like the game winning shots or whatever. I only had a couple, but you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, th that stuff, I mean, especially sports like basketball, that stuff, like I literally see myself now, the way I grinded as a basketball player. I was just talking to my friend when I went to my college game last weekend, like me and my friend, we used to put in hours. I'm talking about, I would go to work in the morning, like not at college, but like, during the summertime when we were back home, I would go to work in the morning. Uh, I'm sorry, I would go work out in the morning. I would go lift in the morning, go to work from nine to five, and then come back and do like basketball drills in the evening. So I was grinding, grinding, grinding because I had set my goal to go overseas, right? So like that work ethic directly translates to real estate. And I mean, we've had conversations, me and you, where I'm just like, okay, I got to chill out. You know what I mean? Like I got I to gotta learn to like relax. Like now I've learned to like grind, grind, grind. Now I have to relearn how to relax, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's give and take, but I definitely, you know, learned a lot 
and that definitely translates like the work the work ethic that I had in basketball and school and just being determined to succeed it definitely translates now into real estate for sure got you so we have uh we're going to wrap it up and we have a section where we like to ask some closing questions I'm trying to figure out what we're going to call it but since we're in real estate they're closing questions and then we you know in real estate you got the closing table so yeah. I'm thinking about calling it the closing table. So let's get to the closing table, I like right? That. And I like yeah, that. it's a little corny, but you know, people like it. So this closing will, this will table, be a faster closing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so closing table. What are three books that you recommend to the audience and why? Okay, easy. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's a given. Um, um, millionaire real estate investor. Um, by Gary Keller, that's a given. Um, and then I'm gonna explain after. And then, um, what's the third one, what's the third one, what's the third one? Uh, it's Mindset Real Estate and, uh, shoot, lost my train of thought. I'll say, Oh man, why did I lose my train of thought on this? See, that's why the holding up the closings. They blame, no, blame yeah, the clients exactly. when it's really when it's really the when it's no, really the no, agent. No. <laughs> no, it's a lender. <laughs> um, all right, holding up the closing. What is my favorite? Honestly, I just hate to give the cliche book, but Rich Dad Poor Dad changed my mentality too. It is what it is. Like. I would say those are three books you should definitely read. So uh, Think and Grow Rich is just a straight like mindset book like that. I think a lot of people don't reach that level of just like openness in their mind, like just being able to understand that you can, not that you could think yourself into being rich, but it is a component of how to get to that point. You know what I mean? Because if you don't have an abundant mentality, you'll always like think that you have limited resources. You'll always like basically blame something else or someone else as to why you can't reach the level that you want to reach. So that's a really good mindset book that you should read. Um, Millionaire Real Estate Investor, I say that specifically for agents because we get so caught up in the cycle of sales that you realize like 10 years later, not me, but 10 years later, you look up and you realize you're still doing the same thing, right? So investing in real estate is what's going to help you um, basically retire because I know a lot of like especially older real estates, I mean, real estate agents that just like, they're still doing what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be transacting deals at the age of 45, 50. Like I could, but you know, the point is to be free at some point, financially free, time freedom to be able to spend time with your family. Like you don't want to be caught up in the hustle and bustle world forever. Right. So I think that book is really important. Um, And then Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, that book, that was the first, the very first financial book that I've read like ever, right? And that was in college. And that really just opened my eyes to understanding the difference between an employee and a business owner or an investor, because I didn't really understand, like, we all know the typical go to college, get a job, whatever, right? I didn't understand, like, I didn't know there was another part, like, I didn't know about being a business owner. I didn't know about being an investor. Like, I just knew what the employee side was, right? And there's nothing wrong with being, having a job. But understanding that you can get to another side of things like you can have a job and still be an investor right like understanding that you want to leverage your money as best as possible I think that's what that was a trigger in my head and that's why I I wanted to become an entrepreneur because I understood that okay having a business and making investments are what's really going to set you free you know what I'm saying so that those those are the three books I recommend all right so we got uh 
one final question for you, but before we get there, I'm so we got two questions. First question is, what's one question you wish I'd asked you and how would you have answered that question? How is my mental? <laughs> how, how, <laughs> how are you doing mentally, Lillian? How are you doing? I wish you would have asked me that because I'm going crazy. <laughs> That's a good one to ask. That's a good one to ask. You should, yeah. That's it's not enough attention around that. So, I hope you answer honestly. You you going crazy? What? Yeah. Yeah. No. So I will answer honestly. Honestly, like this week has been um, a lot, but I know it's because I'm I've taken on a lot of work this week in particular. So I understand. I understood what I was getting into. So it's not like I'm shocked, but it is a lot um, mentally and. so I'm doing okay. I could be doing much better though. I would say that. And I think I also need to take active steps to become better because I mean, like for the last two weeks, I haven't done any like self-care, which is not good. Um, and I was just thinking about that to myself um, yesterday. I was like, I need to go get a massage. I need to go do something. Like I need to take a break, you know, and just reset. And honestly, it should be a weekly thing. Like a, you should have a weekly way to reset yourself. But, and I've kind of just got off track like the last couple of weeks, but <clears throat> Um, so like I said, my mental is okay, but I have to actively work to get it better. Cause I think a lot of people get, think that it's just going to become better. Like people get depressed and, you know, I'm not trying to come after that group of people, but it's like people get depressed and they don't do anything to like get out of it. Um, but you have to take active steps to like make yourself feel better. You know, even if it's just tricking your mind, like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you have to lie to your mind, like, oh, I'm going to, I mean, I don't know. You feel like you're on a beach or something like that. Or, you know, I don't know. Like whatever you got to do, you got to like take action to actually make yourself feel better. So like for me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually schedule a massage. Right. And then I'm also going to um, put my phone down for a little bit (laughs) this weekend. I'm going to try to do that. And then there's going to be other little things that I'm going to want to do. But like, I, I want to have a spa day. Like, that's my main thing. Um, but I need to actively incorporate that in my schedule. Not that in particular, but something to reset myself every yes. single week. So, yeah. So my mental is okay, but we're going to work to get it better. Yeah, I was going to ask, I was gonna ask you, what are you going to do about that? Because, you know, I'm solution oriented, but you gave, you already gave yeah. all of the answers. Uh, that, that leads me to think of another question that I typically like to ask people. And that question is like, what's the best way somebody can provide you immediate value in your personal life or your business life? What can someone do for you? Wow. Okay. Well, and you have to give an answer. Huh. Can't say, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a really good question because yeah. that'll probably be the solution to, you know, your problems right now. Um, in my personal life. Well, first my personal life, I'll tell you right now, if I have a pop out a husband, <laughs> that'll be, be an immediate solution. <laughs> so, so how can, how can somebody help you with that? Um, how can somebody help me with that? I don't know. Yes. I mean, I guess. Send you prospects, know. DM you, <laughs> text you. What, what can, no, we, what I, can I, someone I, do? My DMs are full, please. I'm sh- <laughs> Full with business, full with business. Um, So we're going to fill it with with prospects, right? Yeah, I mean, prospects are good. Prospects are good. Okay. We can do prospects. What what kind of prospects? (laughs) Marriage-minded prospects. Okay. All right. So 
you want marriage-minded prospects. That's for your personal. Now, how about your career? What's some what's a way someone can provide you immediate value to your business or career? So <clears throat> for my career, it used to be how to up until a couple of days ago, it used to be how can I I wanted to talk with somebody to figure out how can I scale my business as a real estate agent. <clears throat> um, but I figured out that solution by talking to a whole bunch of agents, team leaders, blah, blah, blah. And that's just not the direction that I want to go in. Um, so right now, I mean, you are kind of my next, you're my solution as far as like growing different parts of my business. Um, so I kind of got that figured out, not totally, but you're helping me because I want to grow, you know, build it, creating a course and everything like that. So right now it's just a matter of, okay, let me, I told you this before, but I'm going to finish out the buyer clients that I have right now who are taking the most amount of my time, continue to refer out my clients and just handle the listings and try to build, you know, these ancillary products such as my course, my ebook. Well, I already built that and just some other things. So that's kind of where so I'm I, right now. I appreciate you saying that because sometimes I don't feel like I'm appreciated, right? So you feel... I'm not saying it's true, but I feel yeah, like Yeah, see, so. I was going to say, the way you feel. So I, appreci- <laughs> I appreciate that. And one of the things, you mentioned your ebook. So can you tell us how we can get access to that ebook or where to find that so we can learn more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it'll be, it's on my Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, you have to follow me on Instagram. And it's on my YouTube, YouTube channel as well, but it's easier to access through Instagram. So if you go on my Instagram bio, you will see it. Um, it's on my link tree. Um, so that's the easiest way to get in contact. I mean, or to, to, to get the ebook or to get in contact with me is through Instagram, um, YouTube, you can follow my YouTube. I have a bunch of videos on there helping real estate agents. You can drop comments on any videos that, you know, that I created. I always get back to people unless it's a really super, super negative content uh, comment that I won't get back. But other than that, like I will definitely get back to you or you can send me an email and I'll, I'm sure you're going to put all the uh, links to everything down below. Yeah. And so, so can you tell us what the ebook is about? Can you give us a brief and then I'll ask the final closing statement, closing question. Yes, absolutely. So the book is called the ultimate YouTube guide for real estate agents. And I created this book because I started seeing a tremendous amount of success of getting, generating leads on, on YouTube. Um, so, and I started getting a whole bunch of questions cause I would post about my success on my Instagram and people would start asking me like, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you start a YouTube? And, um, so I created that as a resource to help everybody. Um, and I do think I'm really like passionate about like video marketing and this is why we click so well <clears throat> because it's any agent who puts out any type of video is ahead of their competition in, mo- in, in most cases. So um, I encourage agents to put out more videos and that's why I have my ebook is to help, you know, agents get started on that journey um, and hopefully see the success that I'm seeing and even more success. Um, so if you are an agent who's looking to grow your business on YouTube and have the growing pains that I have right now, <laughs> then definitely check that out. Again, it's in my Instagram uh, link bio. All right, and so I got another question. I'm holding up the closing. What's next for you, Lillian? So we got, so let's, let's be more specific. We got the ebook on how to grow your, your, cause you know, I, I like digital content. I like digital content creation because it's a little bit more leverageable. So you have the ebook. What's next? What's coming next for those agents that's, you know, involved yeah. like that? What's coming next is the course. The course is what okay. I'm working on. 
Um, it might have to get, you're going to be upset, but it might have to get pushed back. I don't know yet, but I'm working on it. I'm trying my best. I told you I'm so overwhelmed right now. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my sanity and keep my mental <laughs> po- Podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm podcast is over. On, I'm actively working on getting this course out. Um, so that's what's next. That's what's directly next. After that, honestly, it's pretty open. Um, you know, there, there have, I have been... Um, asked to speak at like certain like online uh, events and like collaborate with other like creators and real estate agents so honestly the digital content world is you know that it's a huge opportunity for that so you might see me speaking in person you might see me you know speaking online um maybe hold or, or i don't know or that husband that husband oh who that on stage oh i thought we were talking about oh i thought we were talking about just on business oh yeah my husband is coming no. i'm getting a what yeah, but the you know the more exposure, the more you know. Oh so. yeah, of course. But yeah, anyway, that'll be a personal combo that I right. talk to you later about. But yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, more exposure in general is is always right. good. So, um, so, so yeah, this yeah. I, I appreciate you, Lily. I'm going to ask you the final question, then we can uh, we can get this deal closed, right? Closing table. Okay. So let's close the deal. Where can listeners find you online? Yeah. So. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I will drop, give you the link to everything, but it's my first and last name on Instagram, Lily and Chuck Weezy. I know you can't spell it, so you'll have the link. Um, Lily and Chuck Weezy on Instagram, Lily and Chuck Weezy on TikTok, um, Lily, Lily and Chuck Weezy on YouTube. Yeah, those are my three main, my three main things. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lillian. I appreciate having you here. So in the same theme of the closing table, do you have any closing statements before we go? Closing statements. Be resilient. That's all I got. Be resilient. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right, Lillian, thank you. I appreciate you so much. That was an awesome interview. And I look forward to us doing this again in the future. Thank you, Jerome. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon.